What's up, everyone? Welcome to the How to Vegan podcast. I'm the host of this little podcast. My name is Kristen. I'm a certified health coach, and I do a bunch of vegan shit online. I have a huge Facebook group. We're talking like over 70,000 members, y'all, which is also called How to Vegan, by the way. I also have a YouTube channel and a blog and several Instagram accounts, and I host free and paid vegan challenges, and I pretty much just try to spread the vegan love as far as and wide as possible because veganism changed my entire life. And I just really want to share everything I've learned with all of you guys because it seriously is life-changing. And one thing that starts to happen when you change your life, especially when you go vegan, is all of your friends and family and pretty much anyone, not going to lie, that finds out that you're vegan or trying to go vegan or trying to transition to vegetarian or wherever you are on your journey They instantly become experts on nutrition and they're suddenly concerned about everything you're eating and making sure that you're getting enough of this and enough of this and there's no way you can do this. And they essentially just become experts on nutrition and doctors right away. Uh, and and they're thinking that you're probably not definitely, you know, you're not you're not getting what you need. And they're maybe coming out of a place of concern, maybe coming out of a place of ignorance. And sometimes when you feel that way, you get a little bit defensive. So It might not be that they're trying to put you down, but people all of a sudden get so concerned that you're not getting enough nutrients, more so than when you're eating like the standard American diet. (laughs) Nobody really asked me if I was getting enough protein or calcium or anything like that when I was eating the standard American diet. And then as soon as I started eating vegan and started eating way healthier, everyone was like, wait a minute, are you getting this, this, and this? And I'm like, yeah, I promise. So You know, and like I said, this usually comes from people eating the standard American diet, so it can be quite entertaining to sit back and listen to them lecture you on how you can't get enough protein without consuming the dead flesh of animals, or how there is no way that you can get the calcium you need without consuming the pus-filled secretions of an animal that isn't even our own species. And these myths, while untrue, are super, super prevalent. And that's because these myths that have been drilled into us since we were young are just surrounding us always. They're just, they've been drilled into us and that's just, you know, kind of what we believe and it's hard to think otherwise. You know, how we're, how are we supposed to know any better? How were our parents supposed to know better? There wasn't internet back then, you know, people pretty much just had to trust what they were being told. And I know my parents did. That's My mom has made this comment before. Like, you know, I just trusted what the government was telling me. The food pyramid was a food pyramid and that's what it was. Why would I think it would be any different? Why would the government steer you wrong? Aren't they there to protect you? Well, come to find out that isn't really the case here. They're in it for the money. Like M-O-N-E-Y. They're in it for the cashola. And they're willing to make you sick because of it. They're knowingly and willingly making you sick so that they can make money. But it doesn't have to be that way. If you educate yourself, like actually put the time in and educate yourself, which is actually what I'm doing for you guys right now. So education is happening. (laughs) You'll realize you've really actually been lied to your whole life. It's really fucked up. You actually don't need meat to get protein, nor do you need milk to get calcium. And and that's what we're going to talk about in today's episode. We'll be chatting all about how easy it really is to meet your protein and calcium needs. And we'll also talk about a few other nutrients that vegans usually get slack for, like vitamin B12, vitamin D, iron, all that kind of stuff. But guess what? You can definitely 
meet your needs with these as well. So without further ado, let's find out how. So we're going to start with protein because that definitely is the number one thing people are like, oh my gosh, you're vegan. How do you get your protein? You must be dying inside. (laughs) If anybody else is vegan and has ever told another person they're vegan, then you know what I'm talking about because this is very, very common. And, And protein is a super important nutrient. It's required for the building, maintenance, and repair of tissues in the body. And amino acids, which are the building blocks of protein, can be synthesized by the by the body or they can be in- ingested by food. If you took science class or biology or whatever, you you probably learned some of this stuff, but just as a little background, there are 20 different amino acids in the food we eat, but our body can only make 11 of them. Hence the term the nine essential amino acids, which cannot be produced by the body and they must be obtained by the diet aka the food that you put into your mouth. A variety of grains, legumes, and vegetables can totally provide all of the essential amino acids our bodies require. And it it used to be thought that you had to like protein combine or eat complements complementary proteins at the same time to make sure you're getting enough of the amino acids. But we now know that intentional combining is not necessary to get all the amino acids. As long as your diet contains a variety of grains, legumes, and vegetables, your protein needs are really, 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 really easily met. With the traditional Western diet, the average American consumes about double the protein that his or her body needs. Double. And animal protein is not good for your body, you guys. If you listen to any of the previous How to Vegan podcast episodes, then you know what I'm talking about. Additionally, the main sources of protein consumed tend to be animal products because we think that's how you get your protein. So I need protein, I get my animal products. But the animal products are also really high in fat and saturated fat specifically, which is no good no good for your body. Most individuals are surprised to learn that your their protein needs are actually much less than what they've been consuming. And the, the recommended dietary allowance or the RDA for protein recommended by the government, which again, be kind of like wary of anything that you're hearing from them, which do your own research, which if you're listening to this, then this is part of you doing your own research. So good job. But the recommended um, dietary allowance for protein for the average adult is 0.8 grams per kilogram of body weight. So to find out your average individual need, multiply your body weight in pounds by 0.36 and you'll find out like your recommended protein intake in grams by what the RDA, you know, what the government kind of says. However, even this value has a large margin of safety, like really large margin of safety and the body's true need may be lower it honestly usually is much lower for most people. Everybody is different. So no matter what you're eating, no matter what you're listening, me, you know, what you're hearing me say, what your doctor's saying, remember that every single human body is different. I'm not a doctor. I'm a certified health coach. So take everything I'm saying with a grain of salt. Even take everything your doctor tells you with a grain of salt. Do your own research. I'm a huge advocate of doing your own research and listening to your own body because we're all different. Bio-individuality is a thing. Every single human body is different and we need to be aware of that. So if you, you know, there are certain individuals, especially if you're training in, you know, to be an Olympian or if you're pregnant or breastfeeding, your calcium or excuse me, where we'll get into calcium next, your protein needs are probably going to be higher, but probably not as high as you think and you don't need meat to get it. So most people should aim to get around 10% of their calories from protein, which is so much lower than most people normally get. But that really is sufficient for your body. High protein diets for weight loss, like keto, 
uh, disease prevention and enhanced athletic performance have been greatly publicized over recent years, like hugely publicized, hugely publicized. I mean, I know a lot of people that did the keto thing. I I think now people are kind of like people realize that's not good for your body. And now that keto thing, I don't really hear people talking about it anymore. I think I think people realize like that this isn't good. Um, but I do know that some people do it and still think it's great. But it's these diets are really supported by little scientific research. And studies show that the healthiest diet is one that is high in carbohydrate, lower in fat, and adequate in protein. And by eating enough food, you should be getting enough protein, bottom line. So you this protein myth that you have to have meat at every meal to get enough protein is literally a myth that was created by the meat industry in collaboration with our government to make money. And they know they're making us sick. And they're like, oh, let's tell people they have to get their protein from meat and they'll buy a bunch of meat and we'll all make money. And who cares if they get sick? But you don't have to. Guess how the animals get their protein? They get it from eating the plants that that they consume. So we can just cut that animal out and get it from the plants instead. And then we're not getting the awful side effects from the animal protein, the poisons and the saturated fat and the cholesterol and all of that stuff. So let's just take that out and just get it from plants. It's better for the environment and for the animals too. There's all of these positive side effects of just eliminating animals from your diet. So a diet that is high in protein, so if you're eating one of these like keto diets, a diet that is high in protein can actually contribute to disease and other health problems like osteoporosis, cancer, impaired kidney function, and heart disease because typical high protein diets are extremely high in dietary cholesterol and saturated fat. So be careful of these high protein diet fads. They're really dangerous. Make sure you're doing your own research and and really listen to your body, but but know that high protein diets really are stressful on your body. And although you're in ketosis and you might be losing weight, the inside of your body is in panic mode and is starving and is just not, it's not a good long-term solution. So keep that in mind. Again, do your own research, but this is after six plus years of research and conclusions. This is what I've come to. So I'm just trying to share my my little bit of advice with y'all. So, so how to get enough protein? It's pretty simple. Again, if you're eating enough calories, if you're getting enough caloric intake to perform at your peak performance, then you should be getting enough calcium. Sorry, again, you should be getting enough protein really easily. So just aim for five or more servings of grain each day. I eat a high carb, low fat plant-based diet, and we'll talk about that in another episode for sure. But if you're getting grain, you're getting protein. So aim for five or more servings of grains each day, like oats or rice, kind of those whole complex carbs. Aim for three or more servings of vegetables each day, which should be easy, and aim for two to three servings of legumes each day, so some sort of bean, and you'll easily get your protein. You don't even really have to think about it much. I mean, everything has protein in it. If it has structure to it, it has protein. So fruits, vegetables, everything you eat has protein in it. So as long as you're eating enough, you should definitely be getting enough protein. Again, unless there's some specific thing going on with your own bod. But just just so you know, some good sources of vegan protein would be lentils, black beans, quinoa, tofu, peas, hemp seeds, peanut butter, oats, pumpkin seeds, chia seeds, broccoli, spinach, I could go on and on. Like I said, everything pretty much has protein in it. Well, it does. So, but those are some good sources of vegan protein. So if you're feeding, feeling like you're needing more, then go ahead and consume higher quantities of those. But other than that, you shouldn't really need be needing to worry about your protein intake at all. It's just that myth that's been forced into our heads that we just can't get rid of. Kind of the same thing with calcium. So kind of moving into calcium. Many people bottom line, avoid milk because it contains saturated fat, it contains cholesterol, 
allergenic proteins, lactose sugar, and traces of contamination, or a lot of people just don't feel good after they eat dairy products. And it's also linked to type 1 or juvenile onset diabetes and other serious conditions. So there's lots of reasons to avoid dairy. And a lot of people think they need dairy, again, to get calcium. Same kind of thing. Myth that's been driven into our heads by the dairy industry in collaboration with the government and pharmaceutical companies and all of that. It's really actually horribly sad because the sicker we get, the more money the pharmaceutical companies get. And a lot of those pharmaceutical companies are tied in with our government. So there's a lot of corruption going on. And it's really mind blowing when your eyes are opened up to it. You're like, what? This is happening? They don't care that we're getting sick. No, they're actually making us sick on purpose. So we spend money in the hospitals and on pharmaceutical drugs. And it's just not good. It's not a good cycle that we should be supporting. We should be supporting preventative health so that we can live longer, so that we don't have to be wasting billions of dollars on healthcare, aka sick care. It's not even really healthcare. So avoiding animal products can be one way to to prevent these diseases from even occurring in the first place so you don't have to turn towards medication later in life. You can, you know, you can be thriving and feeling great. And calcium is one of those things that you can get easily from plants, just like protein. You don't have to have it through an animal's secretions. A diet high in protein, like I said earlier, especially animal protein, actually leaches calcium from the bones through the urine. So eating plant-based calcium is definitely the way to go because excess protein, your body doesn't know what to do with it. It's really acidic. And so it leaches calcium from your bones through the urine. So it just gets rid of this calcium and in your bones actually start to become weaker. So when you're eating dairy, it's it's really not great. There's The China study is a great book to read if you haven't checked that out yet, uh, kind of showing areas in China where people who, you know, areas, rural areas where they're consuming no dairy at all have the lowest rates of osteoporosis um, and then people who you know countries where they're eating a lot of dairy have the highest rates of osteoporosis and and this leaching calcium from the bones is is thought to be one of the main issues as to why and casein which is the protein in dairy has definitely been linked to cancer growth as shown in documentaries like forks over knives and what the health so watch those if you haven't yet because your mind will be kind of blown when you're like oh i don't need milk for calcium why did I think that? Because people are trying to make money off of you. <laughs> so dairy can be can be linked to a lot of health issues. Bottom line, humans are not supposed to be drinking the milk from another species. There's a reason so many people are lactose intolerant. Our bodies just are not designed to consume this stuff. It's not made for us. No other species does this. No other species is like, oh, I'm going to milk this animal and then I'm going to take that milk instead, which is way higher in protein than my mom's milk, but it's okay because whatever. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense, you guys. It's just something that we're used to and it's been ingrained in us and we don't really think otherwise. And once you start to be opened up to it, you're like, oh... I get it. <laughs> so that's what I'm doing for you guys. I'm trying to like get that light bulb to kind of go off to hopefully get you to go watch these documentaries to do some more research. Again, don't take my word for it. Go do your own research. I'm just trying to th have this be like a great jumping off point for you to get interested in this kind of stuff and kind of know what you're talking about if people are asking you and kind of have some basis on this stuff. But go do your own research. It's really important to always do your own research so that you know what you're talking about. So luckily, there are many good sources of calcium that can be found in a plant based diet, just like protein. So some good sources of vegan calcium would be broccoli, butternut squash, kale, 
chia seeds, almonds, legumes like chickpeas, black beans, and pinto beans, soybeans like edamame and other soy products like tempeh and soy milk and stuff like that. Figs are a great source of calcium. Oranges. Again, I could go on and on. There's a lot of calcium in plants. You just have to kind of be aware of it as long if you're trying to consume enough calcium and that's something you're worried about, then there's definitely plant sources that have higher contents than others. So just make sure that you're focusing on eating more broccoli and some more figs in your diet and maybe a handful of almonds and and you might be good to go. You know, you're it's very easy to get enough calcium on a plant-based diet, especially if you're eating a healthy plant-based diet with limited processed foods and mostly whole foods. And if you're eating enough, you should be good to go, you guys. The government and all of these, you know, just it's been drilled in, into us that we need animals. We need animals. We need animals, but we don't. They're making us sick and they're making our planet sick. And then animals' lives are being lost for no reason because of all of this. So this vicious cycle needs to end and and you can make a difference. You can choose to stop eating these things and you can make a difference in all of those areas. So why not? There's no awful side effects. You know, the, the side effects are positive. You're helping the planet. You're helping save animal lives. Your body is getting a good, healthy boost. So why not try it out? If you're, if you're curious, try it out. I think you'll really like it. And, and, and one more thing about calcium. So dietary calcium is important. You know, the calcium that you're consuming. But many scientists believe that exercise and other lifestyle factors have more to do with osteoporosis than calcium intake does. So make sure you're exercising. Make sure you're not smoking cigarettes. Make sure you're on top of your health getting enough, you know, getting enough of the nutrients you need through the food that makes you feel good is is kind of the way to go. So those are the two main ones, protein and calcium that people are like, how do you do it? And those are the easiest to get on a vegan diet or vegetarian diet or whatever. You don't even need animals at all to get those things. Other, it's, it's, it's really easy to get it through plants. So one way that I like to make sure every once in a while that I'm getting enough of the nutrients I need is to track my nutrients. So before we dive into some of the other vitamins real quick, I want to touch on an app that I like to use. It's called Chronometer or Chronometer, Chronometer. Anyway, I'll leave a link for it in the show notes for this episode, Uh, but it's an app that I think it's like five bucks, super worth it. You just type in what, you know, plug in your intake of your food for the day. So, you know, smoothie with this, this and this in it or oatmeal with this, this and this in it. And you track it throughout the day and throughout the day and at the end of the day, you can see your macronutrients and your micronutrients like super broken down. So if you're, you know, getting older and you're feeling like maybe my bones aren't as strong as they need to be, and you want to track your calcium intake, download the app and check it out. Just plug in everything you're eating and you'll be able to see. And if you're lacking in something, it will be noticeable. So so track your nutrient intake uh, through an app. I know there's other ones called like MyFitnessPal, I think is another one that people use. Uh, and that can be really helpful too. And again, they're not perfect, but it's a good guideline. And you might be really surprised like, whoa, I definitely am getting everything I need. So so make sure that you're you're tracking your intake or you're getting blood work done, which can also be huge and very eye-opening. So tracking your nutrients using an app is a really, really good way to go. So now let's kind of get into some things that are a little bit harder to get in the diet and not only just for vegans and vegetarians, but for the general population. And I'll kind of talk about why. So the first thing we're going to start with is vitamin B12. And this is another huge one that you'll hear people say that you cannot get enough of if you have if you're eating a vegan or a vegetarian diet. And this is somewhat true because vitamin B12 is produced by bacteria and other one-celled organisms in the small intestines of animals when the animals eat 
or consume dirty food or dirty water full of bacteria, and then their body produces it. Humans used to be able to do the same thing when our soil was a lot dirtier and a lot more full of kind of bacteria. And before we started like vigorously like washing our vegetables and making sure everything is super sterilized and super clean. And that's why animals are still able able to get it and to make it is because they're usually eating dirty vegetables. They're not eating perfectly cleaned vegetables and their water is not sparkling filtered water. So they're still getting some of this bacteria and their bodies are able to make this vitamin B12. So so back in the day when our soil was different than it is now, it was a lot easier for people to get the B12 they needed uh, even without eating animals. But the vegan diet, which is rich in fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and legumes, it, it really provides a, an abundance of vitamins and minerals. But B12 is one thing that we really need to be aware of because you your body doesn't make it and you have to get it from an outside source. And unless you're eating animal products, which again, you don't want to be eating animal products because they're full of awful, icky, horrible side effects. If you're eating animals, there is a possibility that you're getting enough B12. But again, I still think that anybody, even if you eat meat, I think that you should be taking a B12 supplement because the quality of the B12 and the amount of B12 is definitely reducing as time goes on, especially as our, you know, soils and everything are getting kind of depleted. And again, you don't want to eat animals just for B12 if you can get it in other ways. So for individuals following a diet free of all animal products, vitamin B12 needs can easily be met if you consume a variety of vegan foods like fortified breakfast cereals, fortified soy milk, and fortified fake meats. Those all usually contain a reliable source of the vitamin because people know, oh, let's put it in here. That way they're getting it. I don't eat a lot of fortified foods. I don't eat a lot of processed foods. So one way of getting it otherwise is by eating nutritional yeast. And there's certain brands that are fortified and certain ones that aren't. One that is, is the Red Star Vegetarian Support Formula. That brand definitely has it in it. Um, I get mine at Winco in bulk and they definitely have theirs fortified. So there's certain sources that that have it fortified and certain sources that don't. But just make sure to check the, the ingredients list or the nutrition facts label to make sure that you're getting an active form of the vitamin B12, which is called cobalamin or cyanocobalamin. That is the active form. So you want to make sure it's the active form so that your body can absorb it. And and regular intake of vitamin B12 is important to meet your, your needs. You really do. And and you the RDA for this, the rec- recommended dietary allowance for, for vitamin B12 in adults is 2.4 micrograms per day. And again, if you're pregnant or breastfeeding, then you need to be getting a little bit more than that. So make sure you're checking into that if you are in one of those categories. Uh, And ensuring that your vitamin B12 needs are met as one ages is even more important. So if you're aging and you're getting towards that elderly state in life, then you definitely want to make sure you're getting enough B12 because B12 is extremely important for your nerve health and for your blood health. And symptoms of deficiency may include fatigue, weakness, tingling in the arms and legs, digestive issues, sore mouth, and it can eventually lead to anemia. And then if you're continually not getting enough B12, you can get develop more serious disorders of the blood and the nervous system. So B12 is really, really important. This is something that you want to make sure you're getting enough of. And the way that I recommend it, so while you can get it through fortified food, so if you're eating fortified cereals and soy milk and getting enough that way, again, track your nutrient intake using an app and it'll totally tell you if you're getting enough. And if you're not, 
even as a backup, I just recommend this for everybody. Again, not just vegans. Everybody, I think, should be taking a sublingual form of vitamin vitamin B12 as a supplement. Uh, again, this is just kind of to make sure that your body is getting enough because it's so important. And the sublingual ones, the ones that you drop under your tongue, are really absorbed best, better than kind of just taking a pill. So go find a sublingual one or one that kind of dissolves in your mouth. Keep it on hand. Take it daily or whatever the, the recommended taking amount is. And make sure you're getting enough B12. Everybody should be doing this because it's extremely important. So you can get it through through um, fortified foods, but I recommend taking a supplement. This is one that I just recommend a supplement for. Same thing with vitamin D. That's kind of the next thing we're going to talk about. So according to the Institutes of Medicine, there really are few naturally occurring food sources of vitamin D. And vitamin D helps the body absorb calcium. It's really, really important, but it's really hard to get. There's not a lot of just food sources that are high in vitamin D and that you just eat this and you're good to go. And for those of you who do not get regular sun exposure, a supplement or supplemented food is likely needed. And this is the same thing for B12. As far as, you know, I'm concerned, I think that everybody, no matter what you eat, no matter what your diet looks like, if you consume meat or dairy or not, should be taking a B12 supplement and a vitamin D supplement, especially the vitamin D supplement, which we're talking about now, especially if you're not getting regular sun exposure. And I've heard that you need to expose like three quarters of your body for like 10 to 15 minutes every day to get enough, which most people don't, especially, I mean, it's winter, it's raining. Well, it's fall, but it's getting cold. It's rainy. It's chilly. There's clouds. You're not just outside in your swimsuit. So especially in the wintertime, you might, might want to be making sure that you're getting a vitamin D supplement, which will help with so much stuff, your mood, you'll notice a huge difference. If you're feeling bummed out, you might just need some vitamin D because it's really hard to get enough through your food. So I recommend taking a supplement for sure of vitamin D and B12. Um, And some factors that decrease your vitamin D activation in the skin include sunscreen, colder seasons, like I just mentioned, latitudes further from the equator. So if you're farther north or farther south, you're not getting as much sun. Even if you are getting direct sun exposure, it's not as strong as you are as it would be if you lived by the equator. And if you have darker skin color, that can also decrease the vitamin D activation in your skin. So be aware that you need vitamin D and that you're probably not getting enough and that a supplement is probably a good way to go. So moving on to iron, this is kind of the last thing we're going to talk about because a lot of people, again, when you say, hey, I'm vegan, they're like, you there's you have to have red meat to get iron and you're going to get anemic. And I've known some friends or some people that went vegan and their doctor said this like, oh my gosh, you're anemic. And they really had to focus on getting their iron. But it's really not that hard to get iron, you guys. It really isn't. And just so you know, because this isn't as like... M- known as much as I guess like calcium and protein. Iron is an important component of hemoglobin, which is the substance in red blood cells that carries oxygen from your lungs to transport it throughout your body. And a lack of red blood cells is called iron deficiency anemia. And you need these healthy red, red blood cells or else your body can't get enough oxygen. So iron is extremely important. Like extreme, your bo- all of this stuff is extremely important. Your body needs this stuff. So iron is extremely important. And, and yes, your body does need a certain amount of iron for healthy blood cells, but beyond this rather small amount, which is smaller than you probably think, iron can become a really dangerous substance and it can act as a catalyst for the formation of free radicals, which can cause cancer cells in your body. So really a lot of research has shown that higher iron amounts in your blood can really mean higher cancer risk. So again, do your own research and find what feels good for you, but be aware that once 
excess iron is absorbed by your digestive tract, the body stores it, and it's usually a lot more than we need. And this iron overload is a lot more common in America than we think. A lot more common, a lot of the studies I've looked at and heard and all that stuff has kind of said that iron deficiency is not as common as iron overload. So be aware of that. And and some major contributors to this iron excess are taking vitamins and taking mineral supplements that contain iron, eating way too much red meat and stuff like that. So a lot of people are, it's this it's that idea, same thing of the protein and the calcium, like, oh my gosh, I have to eat this to get this. And so you over get, you get too much, which a lot of people don't think, well, what if I'm getting too much protein? What if I get too much protein? What if I get too much iron? Then what? People are are taught to think you need as much of this stuff as possible when in reality, it can it can be causing some serious problems in your body. And, and there is a difference. So the iron in red meat in particular is highly absorbable. So it's, it's the stuff called heme iron. However, the iron in vegetarian food sources called non-heme iron may prove to be a better choice because although it's not really absorbed as well as the heme iron, it's sufficient. It's enough to promote adequate iron levels without encouraging iron stores above the recommended range. And a diet of grains, vegetables, fruits, and beans, aka the whole foods plant-based diet or a healthy vegan diet provides adequate iron without the risk of overload. And just so you know, some symptoms of deficiency include fatigue, pale skin, weakness, inability to maintain body temperature. So get blood work done to check your levels. Go to your doctor. Just say, I want a full blood work profile done. Help me out. Let me know if I'm low on anything. And then you can go from there and work on that. And again, track your intake using an app like chronometer or chronometer or however you say it. That can be really helpful and eye-opening as well. So get blood work done, check your levels. But my take on all of this, my take on my take on it is if you eat a varied, healthy, plant-based diet that includes a balance of grains, legumes, nuts, and seeds, and fruits, and vegetables, and and just you're aware of what you're eating on some sort of capacity, and you're not just eating the same thing every day or a bunch of junk all the time, which a lot of people do when they eat the standard American diet, I really don't believe it's necessary to keep close track of your iron intake. Unless, again, you have a certain something going on in your body where you need to be a little bit more aware of it. And again, every human body is different. Keep this in mind. Bioindividuality is real, y'all. So keep this in mind. Do your own research and find what works for you. Experiment, you know, finding finding different ways of getting these things and finding what feels good for you, tracking your intake, getting blood work done, being mindful of this. If you just semi-plan this out, you can easily get what you need without the awful side effects of animal products and your body will love you for it. Like, love you. You are going to feel energetic and healthy and so many positive side effects of going vegan that it's just mind-blowing, really. So some of the best plant sources of iron include legumes, like lentils, soybeans, tofu, grains, nuts, seeds, uh, some nuts and seeds like pumpkin, squash, pine, pistachio, sunflower. I mean, the the iron is really in a lot of stuff. Uh, tomato sauce, Swiss chard, collard greens, blackstrap molasses, prune juice. So if you're low in iron, there's ways to get it through plants. It's plentiful. You just might have to be a little bit more aware if you're feeling like you're low in it or if you are low in it. Just make sure you're eating the right things. So bottom line, what supplements should you take? You don't need a calcium supplement. You don't need a protein supplement. You don't need an iron supplement. 
again, unless there's a certain issue and you're something's going on. But I think you should take a B12 supplement, a sublingual one, and a vitamin D supplement. So the U.S. government recommends B12 for everyone over the age of 50, like take a supplement. However, I think everyone, regardless of age, should take B12. And you can get these in the the drugstore. You can get these anywhere. You can get B-complex, which is a mixture of vitamin B vitamins. Um, and all of the store brands typically have more than the 2.4 micrograms that we need. Um, and there's no toxicity with higher amounts, so you don't need to be worried about that. But just go get a good sublingual supplement. Drop it under your tongue once a day, and you're good to go. I've also seen, like, B12 vape pens. I think my friend had, like, a B12 vape pen where she literally was like, I mean, it wasn't, like, nicotine or whatever's in there. Uh, but she was just puffing on it. And it's like B12. So there's sources out there. There's ways to do it without eating animals, I promise. And then the other one I think is vitamin D. I think you need to be taking a vitamin D supplement no matter how old you are, where you live or what you eat. It's it's really good to help absorb calcium from the foods you eat. It can have a cancer preventative effect. And unless you're getting it from its natural source, which is sunlight, then you really should be taking a supplement. And the government recommends like 600... I use per day um, and more for older people. But bottom line, get your blood work done. Know what's going on in your body. I think that can be really effective being in the know. Like I say, knowledge is power. Know what's going on in your body. Be aware of these things. Track your nutrient intake. It's, It's smart to be on top of this stuff because your body is the most important thing you have. Without your health, you really have nothing. So why not? Why not give this a shot? Why not try doing this plant-based thing? It's definitely doable as long as you kind of are aware of some of the things. And that's what this episode was for. It was to help you guys kind of know that it's doable and kind of some ideas on how to make it happen for you. So again, every every single person is different. Every body is different. Every person is completely different from one another, but for lots of different reasons. So always keep that in mind. Always do your own research. But yeah, I hope this episode was helpful for you guys. I get questions on this stuff a lot. I touched a little bit on each thing. Uh, if you have any questions about any of this, I highly recommend going and checking out the How to Vegan podcast YouTube channel and find this video and leave a comment. You can ask me a question. You can go join my How to Vegan Facebook group group, but that that podcast YouTube channel, the How to Vegan podcast YouTube channel is the best way. Just find this video and go ask me a question. If you're like, I don't get this, I don't get this. Let's chat about it there. So go subscribe to that YouTube channel. There will be links for all of that stuff in this episode's show notes. And by the way, those YouTube videos, the, the episodes on YouTube are completely unedited. So if you want to see un- an unedited version of any of these podcasts, go check out that channel and subscribe to it because you'll see me talking to the camera, making gestures, trying to be somewhat entertaining. And I I, I just thought that for people who like video or are already on YouTube, I might as well uh, do a little video version. So go check that out if you are into that and want to watch an unedited version of me talking. <laughs> so yeah, thanks again for listening to today's episode. I really, really hope it was helpful for you guys. If you guys liked what you heard. If you're enjoying this podcast, then please go to iTunes and leave a review and a rating. It really, really helps push the podcast up. More people see it, which again is my goal. I'm all about spreading that vegan love. And I just want this information to get out there to as many people as possible. So tell your friends and family about this podcast. You guys can listen to it on road trips or when you're exercising or cleaning your house. So yeah, podcasts for the win. (laughs) All right. Well, Thanks again for listening. I I hope this was helpful. You guys are awesome. I will catch you guys in the next episode of the How to Vegan podcast. Peace out.